Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello friends and listeners, welcome to the Impacting Jamaica podcast. My name is Shelly Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of sitting with the amazing Audrey Hinchcliffe, founder and chairman of Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, author and award-winning leader, healthcare practitioner and registered nurse, something I did not know, among so many other things. Mrs. Hinchcliffe, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Uh, good morning, good morning. And if I sound a little bit towards forgive me, I was out in the garden working and the allergies usually get to me. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to have a garden that you work in. Oh, in the well, it's my, it's my exercise, my morning exercise, my pride and joy, and it keeps me really, really grounded. Me and my garden and my bugs and my birds and my gardeners fighting. Your bugs, oh. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, them too. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's let's get started now. We we learned at Impact in Jamaica that you recently received the John Maxwell Live to Lead Leadership Award. Tell us how you feel about that. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, you know, when I was nominated, I felt like I was a winner just to be nominated. But when it was announced that I was the winner among all those stalwarts and what have you. You know, apart from feeling honored, this is something very humbling. And what it does, it reinforces the confidence in myself that I'm doing some things right and it is being noticed by others. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not a youngster, and to be recognized at this age still, um, I, I'm still salivating, I still get goose pimples, mm. and you know, it, it's not just for me, it's for the staff who choose to follow me. I have a thing of saying to people, if you are leading and look behind you, and nobody's behind you, you're not leading anywhere. Absolutely. But when, but when I look at the staff in Manpower from all levels, and that they were elated and jumping up and what have you, I realized that it is even more than I thought that it meant to me, but also to my staff and family. Very, very humbling. Excellent. That sounds like a true family that you have built. I, I think so. I think so. And these honors like these that prove that, you know, it's the right thing to do. Mm. All right. So... Your staff and Jamaica knows your name as a as a you know a businesswoman as a leader, but we want today to get a little bit just a little bit about your upbringing. The little girl Audrey, tell us about your upbringing. Oh my goodness, the little girl Madeline Audrey Stewart <laughs> is from Trelawney, the Yam Belt, a little district called Larmers, which is almost on the border of St. Anne. Because home is Larmers, but we went to elementary school in Bohemia, which is St. Anne, so we are right there on the border. Um, you know, from the last of nine children for my mother, mm. um, you know, uh, it, it is the Typical country, a father who is a 
farmer and a mother who is a housewife looking after us in very, very close, um, you know, arrival in the world. We all look like twins and triplets because we were so close to each other. Typical country life in the hills of Trelawney, which I absolutely love. And although I've lived abroad for many years, I come right back. And I mean, to continue to live that life of being brought up in the rural areas. My parents were disciplinarians. I mean, you could never be too big or too small to be disciplined. They believed in education. And so whatever was going on, our you had to go to school. Something had to be very, very wrong from basic school straight up to elementary school. They saw to it that we went to school. Mm. And, you know, although we were nine children for my parents, they raised all the other children in the district. We, we weren't different from anybody else. And we, we also have a thing, you have to hide your clothes because when you go to where the mother lend it to some other child who want to go to Kantat or <laughs> go to something. You know, so we were brought up, when you talk about it, takes a village. My parents... Um, epitomized that from ever since we were growing up in the hills of Trelawney in the little town of Lamas. And if you go there today, my nephew has kept the family thing going. The house may be old and broken down, but he has built up the area in a little mall. And I love to go home still. I, I am in Trelawney at least every four weeks, every six weeks, to pick up my yellow yam, mm. go walk through the bushes and what. And to be close to home, I bought a home down in Duncan's. So I run through the hills, down to Duncan's, up through the hills um, of Trelawney, back to Normals, collect my food, and back into Kingston. So I still live that humble life in which we were brought up. Yes, it sounds like you have not left the country behind at all. Oh, not, not at all, because let me tell you something. I recall when I remember well, when I came into Kingston, I think it's 14 plus to excel there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, and then on to nursing school at, at um, UE, the Students who were from Kingston, my colleagues from Kingston from overseas, used to love to go home with me. And I mean, everybody of my age will remember the old country bus. Um, what was the name of it again? It will come back to me. And they used to pack up in bus and follow me to go home because everybody wanted a piece of that country life to go down to the, to the pond. Um, there was a pond close to home that had in fish to go down to the spring to fresh fetch water. I mean, the people from the, the colleagues from Kingston loved it. And, you know, I have never strayed far from it. I lived overseas for some 20 odd years mm-hmm. and come back and almost picked up where I left from. I am a country girl at heart and Trelawney is known for the yam belt. I'm right from the heart of the yam belt, the Larmers, Low River, um, that part of the cockpit country, mm-hmm. that's me. So when you miss me from Kingston anytime at all, you <laughs> still find me as they call it in Trelawney Bottom. I am hearing so much rich pride from you talking about the country and your upbringing and your family and your community and Jamaica niceness, right? And you said earlier that you're not uh, so young anymore. Um, when you look back, what are you most proud of? Because you've achieved so much. Um, and when I went through your profile, it talked about you serving CARICOM, healthcare, nursing, business, philanthropy now through manpower as well and training. When you look back at all the stuff you've done, what make your heart burn with pride? 
You know, I think it's the blessings that has been bestowed on me. And I tell people I am benefiting from the prayer of my parents and grandparents because I can be a rebel and a heathen when I, <laughs> I like. I grew up I grew up in the church, um, and I tell people now I'm church out, but I'm still a Bible beater. Mm-hmm. I am still a psalm reader, and I still believe in the good word. And so whatever was instilled in me, that thing called belief and faith, that's what I have leaned on, knowing that if you think it, and another thing I've learned too is when to ask for help. Don't think you can do any and everything by yourself. There's somebody out there who knows it more than you, better than you, have either succeeded or failed at it from which you will learn from. I am a person who learns from people. From people. And so wherever I've reached today is taking those steps, putting my hand in the hand of the Almighty, leaning leaning on the everlasting is something that was ingrained in us by our parents. And although I'm not a big church goer anymore, I still believe in faith. Mm. You must be grounded in something, and I am grounded in my faith. And so that started from my upbringing. I learned it traveling across the world, wherever I was. When I was with CARICOM or in the States working for the college and traveling, I usually find a place of worship. I've been to, except for the those in the Far East, um, Jewish and whatever, I've been, to, been through nearly every denomination. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to the same thing, faith and, and, and belief. So that's the thing that I'm grounded in. So let me ask you then, in terms of the hallmarks of, of, of leadership, because it sounds that being grounded and faith, you know, kind of standing on something is a big part mm. of how you define leadership. What do you say, what would, would you describe as the hallmarks of good, effective leadership? Look, you must have a purpose. You must have a purpose. People must see what you are about. You are going to make mistakes. You must learn to forgive yourself and others. Mm -hmm. Take responsibility, right? If you have a purpose out there, if it's going good, if it's going wrong, take responsibility. Another thing, you need to establish values. And I'm going to repeat, you must have some sense of values, whether it's for yourself, your family, or the workplace. You must be aligned with something, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody is more optimistic than me. Tell me something can be done, and I'm going to, if it kills me, I'm going to tell you it can be done, mm. right? So you have to have that sense of purpose. You must always have that value-based, um, whatever you're doing with your life and business, right? You must, if you are not optimistic about what you're doing, why should other people follow you? Be? Yes. Why should other people want to follow you if you are not showing that level of optimism? And another thing, when something happens, don't blame anybody else. Take responsibility. Mm. Another thing, communication. This thing of holding things close to your chest. If it's all brought to your chest, then it's about you. Mm. What about the people who you need with you to execute whatever you're having? And that is how I built manpower. Manpower is built on this 
backs and I stand on the shoulders of the group of people that they say nobody wants. They claim manpower higher, the sick claim the lazy, whether they're mad, whether they come out of jail. They are people. They are people. Mm. And if you want to talk about your any kind of leadership and you take those people from where they are and if you can't take them to another level, to your level or surpassing all level, your own level, don't call yourself any leader. Right? Right, they must be able to align with that purpose. And you must establish a, a set of values that everybody can be relating to. And as I said, we all have sinned and come short of the glory. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. They have a way of saying to me that I set up the workers against uh, the sex supervisor. They have that. They will falter and what have you. But it can't be everything you bring down a hammer on them for every little thing. Because sometimes when you hear what they are going through, you yourself wonder, why I, I don't think I could do that. You know, so you have to have another thing. You have to have passion about what you do and you have to respect other people where they are mm -hmm. and now a word from our sponsors searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs visit manpower maintenance services sales and distribution center we stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpoint Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years, helping to make them, well, more memorable, even when they're a little bit unexpected. And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for 100 years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. John John, Manoya in there. Moana when lights are come back. I know Pinky this time. Akisha. Akisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock my door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Welcome back to our podcast. Let me ask you this, Mrs. Sinchcliffe. Uh, the word forgiveness in the business world, in the corporate world, it's, it, 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 it feels like it almost don't fit in because there is all this focus on results and performance and we have to get it done. It's refreshing to hear you espouse forgiveness in the frame of business and people and leadership. Um, have and you say you do get some amount of pushback from supervisors. Uh, yes, how do I you do. manage all of that? How how do you look here? Mm. You you line them up in a room, offer them a drink, and talk it through. Everybody have a point of view, and you need to listen to other people. And it's not just about Mr. Big Man. Um, those little people on the ground are more valuable to you than you realize. Yes. They are more perceptive. They are dealing with real-life issue that you and your ivory tower is not relating to. And when you hear from them and how they navigate it, you realize, oh, my God, I mean, why am I not 
you know, taking a pattern of them. And this is the thing where you fire everybody for every little thing. Mm-hmm. Good news. As I said, when you sit in a room and talk with them and hear what's going on with them, you feel you want to help rather than hinder them. That is how I operate. And if anybody in Manpower tell you otherwise, then they are not aligned with my purpose in life and the way I deal with people. Yes, there are some you have to come down hard on and so on. And we do. Because you have to think about others, you have to think about clients, you have to think about business principles. But not everybody will make a little mistake to show them the door. Because others are looking on, and not everybody is going to agree with you the way you penalize that person because they either did it and got away with it, know that it can happen to them too. So they are always looking to see how they handle, how did you handle that one, Mm -hmm. and are you going to deal with me that way too. Mm. You know, so forgiveness, um, you are going to send home that person where next day you get a call for some service or what have you, and you realize that person wasn't the worst person in the world, and that's the person you need to carry out the service. So you have to be thoughtful about people. There's a saying, it is people who make things happen. And if you are going to turn around and penalize everybody and diss everybody and whatnot, discipline is important, yes. But you need to be careful how you are handling people in front of you because you pass them going up, you pass them coming down. So you need to be very careful. And forgiveness should be the uh, um, one of the things in when you're running business to know that that person who so long as they are not doing deadly harm mm-hmm. to you others and the business sit down and sort it out with us and as I said you may have to get rid of some too because you know you have bad people in the world as well but you have to understand where those people are and where they are coming from mm, it sounds like so much wisdom that you'd have gained over this time because uh, sometimes, you know, those of us in our 30s, 40s, 50s listening, you know, there's a focus on something else. But having done all of what you have done, the 30 years plus in manpower and all the other things you've achieved, you're seeing that you really just having a heart for people is what it's all about. Yes, because look, um, and it's called lessons learned. Lessons learned. Every day you get up, you learn something new, even by something. I have had to learn the new language from young people to be able to relate to them. You know the way they talk, <laughs> so on and so on. I have had to learn those things. And when they hear me, I mean, I, I never know more than one line of a song. And when they hear me with one line of a song, they crack up <laughs> laughing because I don't know the next line. But at least I have the good sense to learn enough to be able to relate to them. Yes, yes, yes. To be yes. relate to them. And when they see you or you come into office and they run up to you with a boss, bossy this, bossy that. They become your eyes and ears um, on the ground. Yes, that's true. You know, they become your eyes and ears. And this thing in the pain is where you ditch people. Nobody wants to be dissed. I don't want nobody to diss me. Mm. And so you try not to diss those, especially if they are on the front line and your business. Look what happened to us during COVID. I mean, when everybody was struggling, so were we. But who got the Gina Award, um, Platinum Award for frontline service? It was Manpower. 
Excellent. I wasn't there to collect it. It was the workers, the, the supervisor, who led the team for sanitizing around the clock when COVID was at its height. Excellent. You see what I mean? Yeah. Platinum award, um, award to mentor. It's the supervisor who was there. I went up and out there at night sanitizing the building against this whole heap of COVID and whatnot out there. Right? Mm-hmm. So that is my principle. And I have my thoughts like everybody else. I have my weaknesses like everybody else. I falter like everybody else, but I know, as I said, to get help and support. Because establishing manpower and it's not subsidies where it is now. Five companies, nearly 3,000 workers. Cannot be any easy people. I didn't do it by myself. Mm. I did not do it. I, I have employees now who are there with me from the beginning. From the beginning, 32 years. And my director of finance, a director of HR, Monica Young, she came to me from high school as a little clerk. Today she has a master's degree in HR and is in charge of HR for the entire mantua group of companies. Mm. That yeah, says something. You know yes, that right. says something. I think that says something. And I always say to the millennials who are coming now, stay one year, stay six months and gone again. Ask her why she remained. She left once, tried her, her hands on here, and came right back. And I think right now, she's the icon um, to be looked up to and to say to her, how did you do it? And, what? and there are many others. I have people who are 20 odd years, 28 years, 26 years, 25 years. And this is a low-wage business that nobody used to recognize because, after all, Map and Broom didn't count. No. COVID taught people that muck and doom rocks, <laughs> along with some chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time, Mr. Sinchcliffe, but I, I want to end by asking you, you, you have two books at least that I'm aware of, and in the phrasing of the, the title of those books, you have The Will to Overcome. Yes. And so I want to ask you, with, with all this wisdom that you are just emitting right now, how can we as Jamaicans develop the will to overcome so many things are going on in our little country right now? I can't even go into the list of them that are wrong. Yes. How can we cultivate this will to overcome? Well, first of all, everything in front of us are not ghosts. You, you have to define what, what are the challenges? What are the origins? Where are they embedded? You can't just willy-nilly go out there think you're going to confront um, things and what have you. Challenges there and challenges will come. Mm-hmm. Will come, whether it be at home, in the nation, and what have you. If you want to help to overcome and what have you, define what's in your space and what you can manage. You can take on everything. Um, I tell people, politics and politics, I leave alone because I know I can't manage that. Mm-hmm. But you see, when it comes to the part of the nation that requires job creation, education, and stuff like that, that's my little niche. Mm-hmm. Right. Education and employment will take you anywhere you want to go. And any kind of work is good work. And we have this thing about, of course, there are different strata. People are at different levels in life. But we face the same challenges. Mm-hmm. Me, you, and them going to the same market. Right? 
So how are the people with the minimum wage and the people with the millions per month buying the same chicken in any of the supermarkets? Those are challenges. So you find out what can you do to assist that um, other group that is not as um, fortunate as you are. Mm-hmm. Education. Everybody ball about to education. The system this, the system that. And I'm asking, but we are the parents. The children who are going to school, succeeding, getting into trouble, making trouble. Somebody owns them. You know, I said to myself the other day, you should lock down the school. Say no more the children and go out and go out and all the parents and bring the parents back to school. <laughs> Let take them back to school and let them get an understanding of what school is about, what school means to your child, and then they can go back home and make up their mind if they want to face the challenges in education. Because some will make it, some won't. So I moved into the area where those who can't help themselves and needed help, whether from the government or private. And that's why I started training. Mm-hmm. That's how I started training from my workers. Nobody certified in anything and what. And today, I'm a tertiary level institution, Institute of Workforce Education yes. and Development. So I didn't quarrel about non-certified workers and workers not trained. I did you something get, you got involved. about it. Yes, yes. Yes. And professionalizing the mop and room, the janitorial service, train and certify the people. And I'm a, a, the, 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 another way of being, you know, dealing with the challenges is how you can give back to something or somebody else. So I have a foundation, Manpower Foundation. Mm-hmm. We help with um, education and sports, right? We assist schools. We were among the first when the Prime Minister called for assistance with tablets for school. We went out there, found tablets, and started distributing the schools um, in Manchester and, of course, in St. Andrew and Pump. Only to find out, my God, they don't have no Wi-Fi, they don't have no, but here am I giving. Um, but then it drove somebody else um, to say, okay, these people, tablets in schools, we need to extend. Um, expand the Wi-Fi program and so on. So challenges they are. We can't just sit and say, you know, I wrote an article with the government there. Who mm. is the government? Mm. It's we the people. We the people. You hear all this thing about this squatting with this and that. It's people behind it. How do we attack these? How did it originate? And you go back to the origin and say, all right, what happened already? Maybe we're going to have to grandfather it in or do something with it, but then the law. And make sure it's law that we can enforce. There are too many laws on the books that people don't know anything about or it's unenforceable, mm-hmm. right? That can address challenges and whatnot that confronts us, you see. But you have to be conscious that these are things that are there, and sometimes you have to call them too. Right. So if you have to contribute to those challenges, you have got to be prepared um, to participate in healing. So the book, the first that um, came out, The Will to Overcome, is a combination of speeches. And um, there are some very telling ones in it. And when we were in lockdown with um, COVID, I thought about my own life. And that's when I did Chapters of your life, wise words for women on a life-changing journey. Mm. This little one sold like hotcakes because it came out just about Mother's Day. And it simply changed uh, charting the path of a woman's life. 
her love life, her religious life, what have you. And then she confronts herself and says, all right, I do these things and have a right. And in the midst of it came COVID. And COVID starts with all the plans in the world. COVID starts killing people. Mm-hmm. All the plans we have. And we came face to face with it when my 49-year-old director, 16 years in manpower, with all her plans, her husband, her one daughter, everything, COVID carried her out. You know, so when we talk about that and we're saying shadows and silhouettes, we must determine which is it. Is it a shadow or is it a silhouette? Mm -hmm. So these are the things in my book. And then a third one is being worked on. All the articles I wrote about COVID, some 30 out of them, Mm -hmm. I am working now um, to get that published so they can be a compendium of um, articles with ideas how to deal with um, if another pandemic comes and um, what have you. I was hoping you'd have been out already, but I'm working assiduously to get it out by early next year. So, my dear, at the right page of 82, I'm continuing like the Energizer Bunny. Lots of support <laughs> and talking with people like you energizes me to get my message out, which is, look, closing that, the challenges are there. Identify how the origin, identify if we are part of it, and collaborate with others to confront them. It can't be always where the government deck. We are all the people. We the people. Mm. Mrs. Hinchcliffe, you are a reservoir of wisdom and leadership, and it has been a pleasure to have this conversation with you on Impacting Jamaican. You are an impacting Jamaican, and it, it's. I, I'm sure we will need to have another one or two conversations when that next book comes out to just unpack some more of your experience and your wisdom and your insights. I think we're all the better for it. So thank you so much for joining me on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much for having me, and um, all the best to your audience. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation. Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.